Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Disney's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Today's episode could change the course of history. Welcome again to the Geek Centric Podcast. You've been looking for this all your life. My name is Kev, and today we are looking for fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory, as we bring you our spoiler free review for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We'd like to tip our fedoras and crack our whips for our friends over at Disney Studios Canada for letting us watch this project ahead of its June 30th review so we could let you know if this movie belongs in a museum or if going to see this movie means you chose poorly. <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. And that's why they call it the Jungle, sweetheart. Now, my sidekick joining me for today's adventure is as bombastic and charming like Sala. He's intelligent and poised like Brody, and he's quippy and sarcastic like Short Round. His name is Nate because we named the dog Indiana. How you doing today? <laughs> Hold on to your potatoes, Kevin. Okay, hold on to your potatoes, Mr. Jones, because <laughs> uh, this is going to be a, an interesting one for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, this is a movie like this, especially, you know, I grew up with, with the Indiana Jones franchise near and dear to my heart. You know, uh, Indiana Jones is second in my list of favorite characters of all time, and it's only to one man played as well by Harrison Ford. Of course, that's Han Solo. <laughs> But Indy That's is awesome. my number two, and so I remember the anticipation in 2008 before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and, and leaving the theater a tad perplexed at some of the decisions made in that film. <laughs> and then here we are 15 years later, and I have to say um, it might be a very similar oh, experience. No. Um, but, of course, uh, we have a lot to uh, get through before we get to that point of the uh, review. Uh, mm -hmm. Now... As they say, if you want to be a good podcaster, you got to get out of the living room. And that's why we headed down to Scotiabank Theater to check out the latest and final installment in the beloved Indiana Jones franchise. It's been 42 years since we first met our intrepid relic hunter in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and 15 years since we last saw Indy as he met his vine-swinging greaser son, Mutt, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. For this film, we catch up with Dr. Jones in the late 1960s. The space race has just been won by the U.S., and a cultural revolution is in full blast. But Henry Jones Jr. is retiring from academia and feels like he's lost his place in time. That doesn't last long, as a MacGuffin, I mean an ancient artifact, reemerges <laughs> from his past at the same time as a long-lost person from his past also comes back into his life. These two forces converge to send Indy on one final globe-trotting adventure as the literal fate of human history hangs in the balance. Directed by James Mangold and co-written by Mangold, Jez Butterworth, John Henry Buttersworth, and David Cope, the film stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas, Toby Jones, Boyd Holbrook, Seanette Renee Wilson, Ethan Isidore, and THE Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> uh, if you checked out our uh, interviews with uh, some of the cast from the movie, you'll get that reference. If you haven't, do so. At, you could even pause this, check that out, come back and get a review on the movie. We don't care what order you do it in. But uh, I think I've wasted enough time. I think it's about time we get to our review of the movie. Uh, it's a long story, so we better hurry up or you won't get to hear it. Jock, start the engine because we are ready to take off with our thoughts. Nate, I think it's time to ask yourself, what do you believe in? 
What do I believe in? I believe in a world uh, where where we maybe just stopped at the third Indiana Jones movie. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I listen. I mean, listen. Let's not get to the bad right off the bat here. I, I think this movie, at the end of the day, is still an entertaining movie. It's just one that loses its way and then doesn't really live up to the expectations that you'd have for this franchise. That being said, I you know Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. He's he's fantastic in this movie. He's fantastic in everything he does. Um, and here he's, you know, now after a decade of teaching, he's an older, physically less capable Indiana Jones, and the world is kind of moving on without him. Uh, and we get to see that physically in his performance uh, and, and sort of some of the ways that he acts. And I, I really appreciated that because it's, it's not every day that you get to see that level of vulnerability from heroes like Indiana Jones in these sorts of movies. So I thought that was a really great aspect that they brought to, uh, to the film this time around. Absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to do the math in, in terms of when the first Indiana Jones takes place sometime in the 1930s to where this movie takes place. And so I don't think that Indiana Jones or Henry Jones Jr. is quite as old in this movie as Harrison Ford in, is in real life. Right. Uh, and so that is, first of all, just a testament to the man who was probably, I think, around 77 when this movie was filmed. Jeez. And it's incredible that, you know, he was able to still bring that presence. But like you said, a very weathered version of that character. But no, um, I, I just think... It's so yeah the 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 standout single best part of this movie is without a doubt Harrison Ford. He is still indie um and it is awesome that for 40 years now we've 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 got to watch him grow with this character and age with this character and every time we see him he is a slightly different version of the character. And so if anything makes this m movie worth watching without question it's one last visit with indiana jones himself yeah he's 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 grumpy old man indy and and i really i really appreciated that and i like i like that about him because i think that that grumpiness in my mind at least i you know aligns him with sort of the character uh of harrison ford that we've seen in interviews and we've seen in in you know various aspects of his life i think um, you know, we, we had the opportunity uh, in our interview, as you mentioned earlier, to chat with the three villains of the movie. Um, I think the Mads Mikkelsen was probably the best of the three of them. Uh, he is fantastic at soliloquies. We get a few moments like that from him in this movie that really show him as not just a, a bad guy, because I think he's he's always played a bad guy. Here he's straight up. He's mean. Like he is. He's hurtful. Uh, and 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 really, really goes to a dark place. There's a there's a scene where he goes really hard at uh, you know on this waiter uh, who is also like a war vet at one point, I guess, or or just came out from the war or something. And he just rocks this guy's world with some of the stuff he says. I was like really taken aback. Um, and I think I think him and I think um, you know Boyd Holbrook and Seanette Renee Wilson, I, I personally think were underutilized in the movie. Um, I would have liked to have gotten to know their characters a little more than than we did. They're both sort of playing these characters that are on the same path, but have different motives for being on that path. And they're both caught up with the worst people because of it. And so, you know, I just I didn't feel again, they're 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 intriguing, but they're in, they're, they're kind of we sort of just get that surface level uh, of their characters, unfortunately. 
well, I, I know you said let's not jump right into the negativity, but yet here we are because <laughs> it's because, gonna, because yeah. one of my biggest issues from the film does take place within the first 30 or 40 minutes of the movie, and it surrounds mm. these very characters we're talking about because we've, we're talking about two very capable actors who, 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 who bring great performances. They play what they're given very mm-hmm. well, but they're not given a lot to work with, and what makes that even worse is that their characters are so muddled in terms of who they are, what their intentions why are, are what their motivation, yeah. why are they doing it, and I think it almost feels like a sentence or two, a line of dialogue or two got dropped from the film, and nobody realized that it took away so much context surrounding mm. these characters, even though they're so integral to the beginning. So. My problem was after what is an amazing opening to the film, yeah. uh, f- the first 15, 20 minutes, whatever that opening scene is, which is terrific, we can talk about that in a bit, we then get into the real introduction to the film itself and what the story is going to be, and these characters just don't make any sense to me. Their motivations are unknown. Their handling of, of, of Indiana Jones himself, it's one scene they're trying to kill him, the next they have to keep him alive, and there's no explanation as to why they're behaving this way and so I was I just found myself angry at the the confusion I had for this first 30 minutes and that and that even surrounds Mad's character you yeah. know we don't find out what his motivations are and I think that has a lot to do with what he's going after and why but at first they they they're trying to paint this character as something he's not but we as the audience just saw him in a different light and know he's not who they're trying to tell us he is and there's no explanation as to why they're trying to trick us Either it's just so confusing, and it's obviously in spoiler free. It's really hard to go into the details as to why, because I don't want to give anything away. But yeah. I will just say that those first thirty minutes are so muddled and and poorly written. Not from a dialogue sense, not from action or anything like that. Just from straight s- setting out a, a, an understandable plot for the audience. Yeah, I think all three of them performed their characters really, really well in in a way that you would expect from from these three actors, and I I, I, I think they. I think they all did a, a really good job, but as you're saying, like, it just got hard to sort of get to know them. Unfortunately, um, I do think Phoebe Waller Bridge is a delightful uh, addition to the franchise. I think she's she's great as this sort of frustrating character for Indy uh, along the way, and I like that, especially given that we're again we're again getting old man grumpy Indy. So it 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 worked to bring that out in him, uh, and I like how her character is. Just as smart as him, but they don't necessarily shame. Sorry, they don't necessarily share the same outlook on on what belongs in a museum, or I guess what belongs in their pockets. Uh, and so I, I I appreciated that aspect, and I I really like Phoebe Waller Bridge. I think uh, I think she was for me a, a highlight in the movie as well. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Like you look back at. at- Crystal Skull, and here you have Indy and his estranged son, who who they've never met, and you know, despite that, you can see similarities in their you know characteristics because it's genetic, and and he Indy really comes through in his son in that movie, and you see that more and more throughout the movie, and here you have this character who, you know, clearly looks it's her godfather, and clearly mm-hmm. looks up to him, but for reasons that are explained in the film. There's this sort of disconnect where she's she's almost trying to be anything but him. She's she's abandoning yeah. those principles out of you know reasons of spite and or whatnot. Um, and so it, that was a fun almost twist on the the relationship he has with Mutt, uh, with the relationship uh, he has with with uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge's character. But no, she was terrific. Uh, I thought 
I I was watching this going, this is I would watch her as the next Indiana yeah. Jones type character. I would one hundred percent continue this sort of franchise with her, you know, chasing down relics. Um I just wish they, you know, if she wrote the scenes in the latest James Bond movie that I think she had a hand in, I wish mm-hmm. they let her tweak the script a little and have yeah. some fun with it, you know, because she made what is, you know, a very serious movie at times with Daniel Craig, you know, his final performance spoilers. So sorry for anybody out there. Um, but <laughs> she brought so much fun to certain elements of the movie that really elevated it to this, this, you know, one of my favorite Bond movies ever. And so, yeah, let her take a look at the script and put some fun into an Indiana Jones movie for us. Absolutely. And speaking of things that you'd expect or want in an Indiana Jones movie, John Williams, I think, gives a a what you would expect from an Indiana Jones movie. You know, we get the classic indie theme. There's a really creative and touching use of Marion's theme as well that I noticed. Um, But but it's it's not like that's about it as far as like what I've really remembered. Um, there's not a ton of other sort of memorable stuff, but it, it works. It works for the movie. It works for the action scenes. Um, and while we're on the topic of sound, I will just, for all the sound geeks, the audio geeks out there, uh, I will confirm the Wilhelm scream uh, is in the movie uh, and the plane engine failing sound from the original film, uh, also known as the Falcon, you know, hyperdrive sound or failing hyperdrive is in the film. Uh, which is which is great. So all you hardcore audio geeks out there, you can look out for those Easter eggs and find them. Um, but I think the the only other thing, while we're still on the topic of of positive, um, I I do think the CG was done better than I was expecting. There there was a lot of hubbub online about the de aging, people freaking out about that. But I think they did a really good job. And I would imagine uh, Shamuk, who you know, if you watched uh, the Book of Boba Fett or um, or or uh, the Mandalorian. He's worked on those series. He was hired by Lucasfilm before, you know, they saw his stuff on YouTube. And so he did work on this with some of the deep fake stuff. And according to Harrison Ford, it was also a mixture of archival footage uh, of unused film that was blended together. So they, they're they up in their game when it comes to this deep fake de-aging stuff. Uh, and I, I think it looked great. I think it never took me out of the movie, especially during the best part of this movie, which was the first 20 minutes. No, I thought it was better than than either of the the two um, Star Wars uh, instances of the de aging. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're the getting better. Recent, jeez, don't even go back to Rogue One or anything like that. No, this is <laughs> they have come so far with this technology, even in the last year or so. No, yeah. we were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark era Indiana Jones when he was in the, you know that that mode. It was I was I was I was bought I bought in hook line and sinker. I felt like I was watching a 40-year-old movie essentially other than the fact that it looks very modern. No, it was it was younger Harrison Ford to a T. It didn't bother me for one sec. No, there's actually in that scene a far worse example of CGI. We're talking Lord of the Rings running through the 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 mines <laughs> of Moria bad at one point. That that I went, "Wow, that was really bad." But no, the de-aging was not one of those instances. De-aging was good. I think the I think the first 20 minutes of this movie as we keep repeating though, James Mangold said in an interview that he tried to channel Spielberg as best he could, and he did a damn fine job of doing that. I just wish that the whole movie was <laughs> he was channeling Spielberg because for me, and, and I know you're going to get into this as well, it goes flat from there. And this is, you know, I think there's one moment of choreography, uh, both from the way it's shot and just how creative 
the characters fluidly move throughout the scene. Uh, it's right after an, let's just say it's after an auction uh, to be spoiler free, but it got me really hopeful for, for more of that in the movie, because that's what I expected from Mangold. You know what I mean? I expected, I wanted to see Mangold's sort of style here, but the rest of the movie just, it kind of just happens. And it, and it didn't really get those hype moments after the first 20 minutes. Now, there's. I know that uh, when you were at uh, Star Wars Celebration, I believe it was last year, you got you and Darcy got to see a, a sneak peek uh, at some footage from the movie, right? You got yep. the, the sort of center, like the middle movie action set piece, correct? Yes, yes, and that's now, correct, yeah. I know you two were raving about it and how fun it was and how enjoyable it was, and... You seem a little flatter on that experience uh, now that you've seen it in the context of the movie. And I think that's that says something because it is, I think, a wonderfully choreographed, filmed, uh, you know, car chase sort of sequence. But when you're not when when you're halfway into a movie and you're not all that invested, it kind of does lose some of that luster. It loses some of that magic. Yeah, it it you know, I think it's it's that's the difference. Right. Is is where that felt kind of like a uh, a ride at Disney is kind of how I described it when we were talking about it. I was like, oh, they're doing the, the oh, Indy and, and the, the voice lines and stuff like that and the things you would expect from an Indiana Jones movie. I, I just didn't, coming coming into that scene, the energy wasn't there because we get that opener and then it just, it kind of falls down and then it's, it, I don't know, I, 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 agree. I think it's it's one of those things where, again, if, if, if I was if, if this is a ride, then we kind of got the 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 most important part. We got the drop and now we're just kind of it's almost like the ending where, you know, where you're pulling back into the station. But it's like the rest of the movie <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And even just that specific scene, it, it it suffers from the same problem that I had at the beginning. All of a sudden we're introduced to a new obstacle, a new foe. And then his motivations are kind of one second he's trying to kill them, one second he doesn't want to kill them, one second he's trying to kill them, and everything yeah. he's doing would could potentially kill them even if he doesn't want to. And it's like, no, that doesn't make sense. You need to have yeah. one clear purpose. Do you want them to die or not? And stick to it, because or else, like, or else you're you're losing focus. And and that's what I'm too busy thinking of instead of just being lost in the spectacle that's on the screen. Yeah, that's and that's the biggest thing is these adventure movies. You want to feel like you're going on this adventure with these characters, but if you're if you're you know sitting in the back of the the, the train or whatever, and and no one's telling you anything, or they're or they're just very confusing about how they're telling you where you're going, it's not as exciting of an adventure. Uh, halfway through this movie, in my notes, I wrote, "Where is the pop?" And I think by the time we got to the third act, I was still left wondering, "Where is the pop? Where was that moment that sort of goes?" Oh, this is what we were building up to, and it just—it never gets there. It's just—it's very, as you're saying, it's convoluted. Um, I think there's some unnecessary bulk that 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 is in the middle of the film that adds to the movie feeling a bit tired by the end, and and it's just that's not what I want from this movie. Unfortunately, I feel horrible saying it because I, I again, I've I've as much as I'm not an indie fan from day one, or I I didn't grow up with these movies. You know, I only watched them within the last few years. I have really fallen in love with the franchise, and I, I do love Harrison Ford so much. So I'm just like, I just wish that he wasn't carrying this movie on his tired pack. <laughs> He's so old. Let somebody else help him, you know? And, and, they, and it's not that there aren't capable people, 
They're right. just not letting them help him along the way. You know, it's uh, it's it, it it is really unfortunate. And you know, again, it just you you talked about it feeling heavy. There, it's almost like they tried to do too much. They tried to they tried to add twists and turns for the sake of it, but they weren't really. We 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 saw them all coming, and so you're just yeah. waiting for it to happen so we can move on to something else. And and. I think a lot of that goes with the, the sort of st- the plot of the story. It almost feels like, you know, there's a theory from Amy in Big Bang Theory where if Indiana Jones isn't involved in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the exact same thing happens. Um, you know, the Nazis <laughs> would do exactly everything that they did just in a different order. But right. he comes in and thwarts them here and here, but they still get around it. it, it and, and it feels like that here. It feels like... Indy's just sort of there because we want to see him, but he's right. not really changing the outcome of anything that's happening, and anything that does happen would just happen anyways. But, hey, Indy's there. Isn't that what we want? You know, I think you could have told a far simpler story and gotten to the point that they do for your big climax, and if it was just focused on being fun and a smooth, nostalgic ride to get there, that might have even helped it pay off at the end when everything sort of, you know, climaxes and we get to the big payoff, if you will. If we hadn't spent the rest of the film going, wait, who? Wait, why? What, huh? Oh, are they there yet? You know, it just, it does feel a bit clunky as we go through the movie. Yeah, I just, I I, I think, again, without spoilers, it's it's tough to, to talk about, but it, it just doesn't reach that magic. And in a strange way, I think because the opening was so strong, it's almost a disservice to the rest of the movie where where I'm just like, it, it reminds you of how good the originals were. And, and, and look, I'm not, we're talking about this. I'm not looking for this movie to be better than those originals. I don't think either of us are. But I, I did want this to far exceed my experience with the fourth movie. And it didn't far exceed it. I think it is better than, than Crystal Skull. But it didn't, it didn't, I wanted it to do that by leaps and bounds, and it just it didn't. And I was expecting more from James Mangold. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, on that note, I think this would almost be a good time to sort of summarize our thoughts sure. to ex- sort of explain why we felt that way, and then give it a score, um, just to sort of reflect. Because again, this is I'm not coming out of here like a an IGN and giving this you know a four out of ten. <laughs> four I've out seen, of ten. I've, I've seen one out of fives, and and it's like let's not no. kid ourselves here. This isn't. A, a, a god awful movie. It's not a bad movie. It just isn't the kind of good, fun movie I wanted when I sat down with Indiana Jones one last time. Uh, mm. Now, today for our score, we're going to be doing it on a scale of one to five. Tuck Tuck speeding through the streets of Morocco. Speeding through the st- streets of Morocco. Okay, uh, I was I was whelmed by this movie. It was it was so promising at the beginning, and then just kind of kept happening. Throughout its two and a half hour runtime, uh, the cast of characters were great. The villains were underutilized and mishandled, uh, even though I think their performances were great. I think the the score is what you'd expect from John Williams outside of the indie theme and Marion's theme, though. There wasn't too much memorable. Um, the action outside of one scene for me felt dull. Uh, and, and as we were talking about, the motives for these characters... Were, were just, I think, outside of maybe Helena and Indy, for me, felt convoluted and, and unclear. Um, so I, I still recommend this movie if you're an indie fan. You're obviously going to go see it. It's Indiana Jones. It's Harrison Ford. You should watch it. And you're probably going to enjoy aspects of it. It's still an entertaining movie at times, but it, it isn't, 
it's not the final hurrah that I was hoping for. And it just doesn't feel like the level of storytelling that this character uh, and this franchise deserves. If Harrison Ford and John Williams weren't involved in this movie, I think my score would be lower. But I'm, I'm sad to say uh, that I'm going to be giving Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny a three out of five tuk-tuk speeding through the streets of Morocco. It was just, it was a movie. And I wanted it to be the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, this was my top one or two most anticipated movies of the year and I'm just so torn over how I feel about it uh I'll just warn our listeners now to fasten your seatbelts there might be some turbulence uh you know and I think it really does even even as the movie ends and we know that this is apparently Harrison's last hurrah this is probably the last Indiana Jones film we'll ever get but even at the end I was like really this is the end are you sure that didn't feel like it was the last yeah. time we were gonna see you know like even they couldn't even nail the landing it, it felt like to me mm. um and maybe they're leaving the door open for for particular reasons that we talked about towards the the beginning of the review here but they didn't even focus on that part of it like it, it just seems like i know what they were trying to do but they didn't nail it and like you said those first 20 minutes the opening is so nostalgic it's so old school indie it just it took you right back to the feeling you had when you were watching those films and i still get when i watch them every single time Mm -hmm. and then it's it's almost like because they knew they were dealing with you know an older version of the character they had to change things and it's like no tell that story do that kind of fun adventure just do it with an older indie. Like, you don't have to change the formula here. Why Why fix something that was never broken to begin with? And that is just a problem that plagues the movie from start to finish. It just feels like they're trying to do things, and they rarely, rarely stick the landing. Like you said, performances are top-notch from the players we get. Uh, we didn't even uh, talk about uh, Ethan Isidore, who's a great sort of uh, uh, sidekick in the vein of, of Short Round or even yeah. a, a much younger um, Sala. You know, like, he brings energy, he brings spirit, he brings enthusiasm. And I don't want to say underutilized, but, uh, you know, I would I would love to have seen more of him or would like to see more of him in the future. Uh, there are great cameos that bring a great sense of nostalgia. There are great references to the past films, be it, uh, you know, in dialogue or even just particular moments of action or, yeah. you know, going through a temple in a certain way where I go, oh, man, that reminds me of this or, ooh, that reminds me of that. And yet none of it feels authentic to itself. And so... I I just, I'm not quite sure what the intention for the movie was. And, you know, in preparation for our interviews, I wanted to watch the trailer one more time. And I watched that and went, you know, that moment does seem great. And that moment does seem fun. And that moment seems incredible. Kevin, it's the best trailer of uh, the year, I think. I think it honestly, I think that's what I said when we were talking about it for the first time. I'm like, this trailer is fantastic. The trailer is better than the movie. And the movie just the movie just never hits those heights. It, yeah, I, I, I they couldn't stretch two and a half minutes to two and a half hours and keep <laughs> that same energy, spirit, and authentic charm from the original movies. I mean, as great as Harrison is, it's still where are my indie quips going throughout it? You get two or three in the whole mm-hmm. movie. You know, you get two or three instances of action that feel like something Indiana Jones would do. And they could have relied more. And like I love in the first one where he's got the guy and he's going to sword fight him, and mm-hmm. Indy just shoots him instead. You know, yeah. um, 
now that Indy's older, he should have been doing that shit more in this movie. We should have seen more instances where he he found the quick and easy way out instead of making things harder for himself. Yeah, uh, I think again, there are moments that kind of capture the spirit, but it's just not that fun of a movie. Where Crystal Skull went wrong, it tried to have too much fun almost. And some of it's batshit crazy and silly. I never mm-hmm. need to see Shia LaBeouf swinging through vines with monkeys <laughs> ever again in my life. But at least the idea of that was to be fun, whether sure. it worked or not. This movie doesn't, it's almost too safe in that regard. It's mm-hmm. almost like, here is by the book action. It's going to look good. It's going to look sharp. It's going to look real and crisp. But there's not going to be much fun to it. I don't know. Maybe I would take vine swinging over... A, a bland thirty-minute car chase. I don't know, um, but yeah, like you said, it was. It I, f- I feel disappointed by this movie, and maybe my expectations were go- going in were a little too high. But I don't think so. I I like you said, never wanted or expected to be able to compare this to the original three movies. You know, this is a different feel. This is a different director. But this is the first you know strike from Mangold that I've got. I've loved his work yeah. in the past He's and thought fantastic. this movie if it ain't in Spielberg's hands it's in capable hands and I just don't know he kind of he kind of lost me a little on this one. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes going forward with Star Wars and and whatnot. Hopefully he mm. can be a bit more authentic to those franchises. Uh but at the end of the day just like you I'm going to give this 3 out of 5 Tuk Tuks speeding through the streets of Morocco. Mediocre? Why did it have to be mediocre? <laughs> Seriously, we're all after it. <laughs> uh, well, that is it for this review of Disney's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny coming to theaters June 30th. Once again, a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada for early screening so we can get this review to you earlier and let you know if this was a rollicking adventure worth taking or if you're meddling with powers you can't possibly understand. <laughs> I think yeah. based on this review, it's it's the latter. Uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. As always, if you throw us the idol, we'll throw you the whip. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on this final adventure of one of cinema's most beloved characters. Please let us know by writing into wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's a bit like being tortured by voodoo and you're more of the high-speed chase through the streets of Morocco type, you can reach us on Twitter at GeekCentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. We are deep in the heart of the jungle that is the summer blockbuster season, and we'd love you to check out some of our previous adventures. Available now are our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled reviews of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, as well as our spoiler-free thoughts on Transformers Rise of the Beasts and Pixar's Elemental. Plus, we just released our interviews with some of the amazing cast of Dial of Destiny, Seanette Renee Wilson, Boyd Holbrook, and the... Mads Mickelson. <laughs> so sit down before you fall down and check those out. Of course, this isn't our last crusade as we have a ton more reviews, interviews, and more coming out for the biggest and best in TV and movies this summer. But until then, Nate, thank you so much for joining me. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. <laughs>